Hello and welcome to What On at Cineworld Cinemas. I'm Luke Owen. And I'm Laurie Blake. Hey, Laurie. Um, welcome to the, the audio version of this, your debut. I mean, you and I, you know, we're the, really the, the people who, who made What's On what it is. Uh, but unfortunately, mm. uh, Ollie decided to jump on the popularity bandwagon and, and kick you off of it. Um, yeah, but you're much back, closer you're... than me. <laughs> <laughs> but you're back now. Yeah, you're back now because we were, had to do things remotely this week because Ollie wasn't very well. Uh, so welcome to the audio realm. How, how are you feeling? Uh, disembodied. <laughs> just, a, just a floating voice in your ears. Um, so works, uh, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, we're going to be going through your comments left on last week's video about the trailer for Matrix Revel uh, Resurrections. He said Resurrection, uh, Revelations for a second then. First off, Laurie, uh, what did you make of the trailer? Uh, I really liked it. I think one great choice of song. It's really, really oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that it's like it doesn't give too much of the game away. Like a lot of trailers nowadays will give you the entire plot of a movie and be like, here is the thing. I feel like the Matrix one raises more questions than answers. Like, mm -hmm. And it gives you just enough stuff to be like, you can see the ripples of the regular Matrix in there underneath the skin, but you, you don't get that sense of, you know, this is this is like back to what the matrix was in that first instance. This, this feels like, it feels almost like a sort of, I don't know, like an amnesia drama for a lot of it. Right. Like it, like Neo's rediscovering who Neo is and yeah. all the stuff that happened to him before. And that plays into that whole idea that they were doing throughout the, the sort of second two matrix films where what's the role of the one is the one a control? Is the one a, is the one something that's meant to reset the matrix system and make people happy? How does the one play into that if they if they then are reinserted into the matrix themselves? Is this you know does this continue the Christ metaphor for Neo as well? Like there's so many questions and it looks so good. Like I, having having a film come out, I feel like where they've had time to percolate the Wachowskis can percolate on the ideas that they had 10 years ago almost 15 years ago I guess now like and come up with that evolution of it for like a modern cinema audience that's yeah. fascinating right Absolutely, yeah. I mean, on that note, actually, Richard Pugh uh, left a comment on last week's video that said, um, we don't know what deal Neo made with the machine in the end of the third movie. This could be the deal. He chose to go back into the Matrix and have his memory wiped, which we do know is sort of potentially possible because that was the deal that Cypher had made with the agents in the first movie. Yeah, or whether or not they were they were, we're feeling a load of yes, they were going to feel a load of BS just to get like yeah, yeah, we're going to blow up the ship though, so uh, yeah, yeah, you're not going to yeah, you're yeah. going to make it back in the matrix. Sorry, love. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I think that that could be the thing. Is like, what was the deal? What was the peace deal that was brokered? And then the danger is, you know, if people are going to reawaken Neo within the matrix, does that go back on the deal? Does that put mm. humanity at risk again? Yeah, I'm the, like you said. There's so many questions like that. I'm I'm looking forward to, to getting the answers to. And Lucky Dipster, correcting Ollie, points out that it's not the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's the guy from Mindhunter. They do look very similar, though. What's funny about that is that at the end of the day, we rewatched the trailer. Like me, Ollie, Andy, and Adam all sat around the computer to rewatch the trailer. And Ollie even said, "Oh, it's not the guy from It's Always Sunny. It's the guy from Mindhunter." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he's already recorded it by that point. Um, 
Nemesis Destroyer called him Neo, the last missile bender. I love that shot. Of like when he pushes that thing into the helicopter. It's rad. Um, Richard also says, uh, Wes Craven may have something to say if you start giving um, uh, James Wan the new uh, the term of New Nightmare. Because yes, Wes Craven did have a movie called Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Great film as well. Um, Subterreal Prospector says, The Matrix was rebooted at the end of Revelations and it looked like a bit more, and it looked a bit surreal, more true to life, i.e. no green tint. Because we kind of made some jokes last week about the fact that there's not a green hint, uh, tint in sight on this, so it doesn't really feel like much of a Matrix movie. But yeah, maybe it's just like this rebooted version doesn't have that green tint to it. Yeah, that grunge and grime of the kind of original trilogy, and the and yeah, the green tint seems to be missing. So it's you know, it's like Sims Four. It's just it's the next it's the next one up. Uh, Yag Rudd Gaming uh, saw Shang Chi in 4DX, saying it was absolutely amazing. We had a video actually that we we did with the cast of Shang Chi at doing a 4DX screening, and it was you know, I mean, I don't want to like. You know, I, I got to tell Aquafina about 4DX and she was really excited about it. So I'm glad that she got to experience it as well. And it is a film that I haven't seen in 4DX yet, but I would love to see in 4DX because like with the wind and everything, I think it would be nuts. Uh, insane, I would actually, I think it probably would be. Um, Will said, love you guys from WrestleTalk. Love to see more reactions and content from you guys. Thank you very much. Hey, Sir Lose-A-Lot says, where's Laurie? Here I am. There he is. <laughs> Thanks for asking. That's what brought me back. Say my name three times in a mirror and I'll appear. <laughs> it's like Candyman. Or send, or send one tweet. Uh, and Pete Ramirez also wants us to do more trailer reactions. We, I mean, we will do more trailer reactions when like more big trailers come out. The thing is, like, we we want to try and do them as close to the release as possible because otherwise you end up like, I still haven't watched the. There are certain trailers I still haven't watched yet, but I need to like, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll work on that though. Um, but you know what? Let's get into speaking of reactions. Let's get into our opening topic today because we've got some reactions to. Uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage, and they're pretty exciting. Here is the show. But first up, I think it's time to go over a topic that you and I actually did talk about just a few weeks ago, it seems like, maybe a couple of months ago now, which is this uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage post credit scene. Now, we had talked about it because there'd been Tom Hardy had made some comments about it. Tom Holland has made some comments about it. Various people have said, wouldn't it be cool if Spider-Man were to show up? But we now have got early fan reactions from the first screening of uh, Venom at, uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage, which was at uh, Cineworld Cinemas. And I think this is a pretty good tactic because I think the critics were a bit down on the first one, but fans absolutely loved it. So I think it's really good to put this out in front of fans first. And the reaction to this movie has been I mean, quite exceptional, really. Yeah, people are really raving about... Uh 
this mystery end credit scene. No one's no one's posted any spoilers so far, which good on you. Well done, the internet. You've, well you've done. done it for once. For the first time ever, the internet has achieved not spoiling the end of a film. But um, yeah, like people are talking about this end credit scene and saying something incredibly exciting happens at the end of Venom 2. Um, what that might be, I feel like the obvious the obvious choice is it's a, it's just Spider-Man turning up in in Venom's world. So like in the Sony Spider-Verse kind of comes full circle and, and gets kind of formed here. Mm-hmm. But weirdly, this one's out before uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, where yeah. we're obviously in the multiverse in the MCU. So like, what what does that mean? Like, does the so is the MCU and the Sony verse the same thing? Well, if Spider Man turns up in there, does what does it what does it mean particularly? Like, does it does that mean that Venom's kind of happening in the middle of No Way Home or after No Way Home in the timeline? We don't really know any of that stuff. We don't know it's Spider Man. It might be someone else. It might be blooming Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin, like a, a classic yes. Spider Man villain. It could be it could be anything. It could be it could be Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. You know you know it's got to be something that has resonance with Spider-Man fans and probably with people who've been watching Sony's Spider-Man movies. But I don't I, I think I feel like Spider-Man's obvious, but I don't know. It could be anything. Well, let's go through some of the comments that we've had because Ren Geekness said the biggest strength of Venom Let There Be Carnage is the frantic pacing and exhilarating action matching the kinetic energy Tom Hardy has with himself. Woody Harrelson is relishing as Cletus Carnage and is perfect in the role. Oh my God, stay for the credits. Emotionally invested Tony Khan, Stan, said, uh, I was lucky enough to be among the first to finally get to see Venom Let There Be Carnage. I adored it. The first Venom is my favourite of the modern MCU films and Venom makes all the smart next steps, telling a very human and very beautiful story for Eddie Brock. And MNL Callum said, In my whole life, I've never seen a whole movie theatre react as loud as they did to the Venom 2 end credit scenes, Sony delivered. I mean, these are some pretty, pretty big words here, right? So, mm. like, yeah, you've mentioned Spider-Man. Maybe it's just, you know, Venom is just hanging out or whatever, and then all of a sudden, like, one of those little circle things appears, like the teleporting circles and, and Doctor Strange steps through, or, you know, like, Wanda Maximoff steps through or something like that. Like, I really feel like, mm. I mean, I, I don't really know what this could possibly be. Obviously, I don't. But the reaction to this from fans who have been to see this movie has got me, like, I- insanely excited now. I because I, I feel like Spider-Man is so obvious that yeah. why is the reaction being like this is crazy? Do you know what I That's mean? Right. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. Spider-Man's not crazy. Like Spider-Man's no, obvious. That makes sense. <laughs> I feel like my like my moonshot my moonshot prediction is it might be like Thor or something like that. Like mm-hmm. because Thor Thor's new film Love and Thunder he's going up against Gore the God Butcher who in the comics uses a weapon called All Black the Necro Sword which belongs to Null the god of the symbiotes and venom is a symbiote and then there's a trickle down there's a connection there but that's that's like a moonshot connection i don't i just don't it's got to be what what could it be could it be like could it be the spider-man from blooming in venom's universe of spider-man is toby Maguire or it's andrew garfield like yeah 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 
The only other thing I could think it could possibly be is that maybe this ties into some of the other Sony movies in the Spider-Verse they've got coming out because Morbius is coming out next year. That's January 2022. Mm -hmm. And they did also announce Craven the Hunter with Aaron Taylor Johnson, which is coming out in January 2023. So maybe this is our first look at, at, at Taylor Johnson in the role of Craven, who is like a beloved character from the Spider universe, which I think would elicit this sort of reaction online. Craven, real? I don't know. Don't know if Craven's yeah, I mean, big I, enough, man. Like, I, I don't know. I really, I really am so keen to see what this is. It the Fantastic Four, Luke? Wolverine. Is it the Fantastic? Yeah, like, is it the yeah, Fantastic Four? Is it Wolverine? Like, yeah, yeah something. I mean, it, like, it's, it's got to be, be something. Yeah, I, I don't think it can be a continuation of Sony Spider Verse. Like, I think people are excited by Sony Spider Verse expanding, but yeah. Craven, Morbius, the kind of knock-on effects of these films setting up each other. One, it's been done in the MCU. We kind of expect it almost from these superhero universes. So it's got to be some sort of crossover something, Luke. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is either, but I, it's, I was pretty excited for Venom, Let There Be Carnage anyway, but like, I feel like now I'm, I'm now pushed over the edge in terms of my excitement for this film. Some of the big releases that we have got this week include 12 Mighty Orphans, which is a football-based true story, uh, American football that is set within the Great Depression. Now, Soccer, uh, as we call it over here. <laughs> I think it's many people who followed us and you know followed the work that we've done. We're not big sports ball heads. But you know what I do love? movies about sports ball i've mm. never watched a baseball game in my life but i love watching baseball based movies and i have the same thing with american football as well yeah well this has got this has got sort of like a, a mighty ducks style story going on within it uh but just set a lot earlier and you know it, it's got it's kind of like a feel it's a feel good sports related it the sports is kind of tangential, I feel, to yeah. the, to the overall plot of like these plucky orphans turn out to be very good at football, and uh, yeah, to get away from having to do hard labour in the orphanage, they they become good at football and they get to go around the country doing all these matches, which is quite cool. On the other end of the spectrum, we've got herself, uh, which I am um, I'm really excited to see. I don't. It, it looks like it's going to be an emotional roller coaster, though. I, I would say, you know, it's about this single mother escaping an abusive partner, like literally building like, like a home at the bottom of this garden. Like it's, it looks like it's going to be, yeah, pr a pretty hard going. I, th I, th I feel like there's going to be an, a wonderful emotional core to this that is going to make you like leave the cinema with this in incredible elated sense. But at the same time, I mean, you've got, you've got to be broken down before you can build, be, be built back up again. Absolutely. The journey is going to be incredibly tough to get to that lovely moment where, you know, the house is complete and then she gets to move in there with her kids, which you're kind of assuming will be the end of the film. But yeah, it looks like it. the trailer makes it like a really uplifting way to get there and yeah you've like you said you've got to be beaten down before you can be raised back up uh, we've also got for the kids you know again looking at other ends of the spectrum thomas and friends race for soda cup i don't think this movie is made for for you and i in, in particular mm. you know men in our 30s however boy when i was a kid i absolutely loved thomas the tank engine yeah, no, I've, Thomas. Thomas is, a, is an all-time classic for kids. But uh, my big question, Luke, is how do you race trains? 
<laughs> How many tracks have you got beside each other going in the exact yeah. same direction? It makes no sense, Thomas. Sort it out. I mean, yeah, we got the slot car racing, you could argue, like scale electrics. It is you know they're all on you know they're just tracks next to each other it's how you take them corners i think is where the race <laughs> really comes into it so say go take the, the pedal off <laughs> exactly. and then go again on the other side but we have also got a couple of pretty big re-releases in cinemas at the moment including the 4k restoration of a clockwork orange and an imax re-release of the 1994 anime classic ghost in the shell we had the big screen reboot of Ghost in the Shell a few years back with um, Scarlett Johansson, which I don't think many people particularly loved. So maybe this could be the impetus for people to go back and reevaluate, not reevaluate, but sort of like go back and see the original source material and, and what people really loved from that film. Because I, I haven't seen Ghost in the Shell in uh, probably since I was a student, which is, you know, going like 15 odd years ago now. Yeah, I mean, that's, this is it. It's one of those anime classics that uh, really inspired a generation of, of different kind of sci-fi movies coming out of it and, like, really did set a lot of the precedent for the way that kind of modern sci-fi is kind of played off its off its different characteristics. So it's well worth going to see on, on the big screen for sure because, yeah, what a treat to see that, you know, only in IMAX as well. So, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. The like seeing on a huge, the biggest possible screen. That's awesome. Yeah. And the same with the Clockwork Orange as well, like a wonderful 4K restoration for this. And again, a movie I haven't seen in so, so long. And what a what better way to re-watch it again than on the big yeah, screen in a, in a great restoration. I hear they're going to make you watch it with your eyes taped open, though. So <laughs> look out for that. But those aren't the only films that you can check out at Cineworld Cinemas because, of course, you've also got Malignant, Cop Shop, Respect, Candyman, Free Guy, The Paw Patrol Movie, and Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. It's a pretty packed week for cinema. Uh, I I don't know what my pick of the week is yet. Uh, I had Malignant as my pick last week. I had Shang-Chi the week before that. I haven't stopped thinking about Shang-Chi, so maybe I'm just going to pick that again. Um, but I am, I think I'm leaning more towards the the, the IMAX re-release of Ghost in the Shell as the film that I'm really excited to, to check out this week. I think that's a really great shout. I'm gonna I'm gonna plump for Free Guy again because I think I thought Free Guy was it was so much better than it had any right to be, and it just has some wonderful little cameos and moments that if you are a uh, if you are a Ryan Reynolds fan and if you are a Disney fan, are going to make you sit up and take notice. Well, speaking of Shang-Chi, which was going to be my pick again this week because it's so darn good, I was lucky enough to sit down with one of its stars, Fala Chen, to talk about how she got cast in the movie. You had a, uh, a pretty, uh, I believe, quite a unique experience in getting cast in this movie. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I was uh, I was on my honeymoon uh, with my husband, obviously, not with anyone else, um, in Antarctica. And um, so I told my agents ahead of time that I would not be reachable um, because there's no reception there. But yes, of course, that's the time Marvel decided to call us to offer me the part. Um, and eventually they found us. Um, um, and delivered the good news, but it was definitely the highlight of our honeymoon. 
Now, this is going to be on the big screen uh, at City World Cinemas. Uh, we're showing this in IMAX, in IMAX mm -hmm. 3D, in 4DX. Have you heard about 4DX? Yes, I'm really excited to try it. I have not tried yet, but I'm going to try it in New York, I think. Yeah, I, it, I think it's the perfect movie to, to experience in either IMAX or 4DX because there's so much action, there's so much movement. You kind of just want to move with us and you kind of want to like feel the wind that's, you know, that's like when we're flying through air. So definitely I think it will add another, you know, like add another level to the experience. We talked about this last week, but the offer is still there and it's available until October 31st. For all of you commitment phobes, if you get your unlimited card right now, you don't have to sign up for 12 months. You only have to sign up for three and it's available from £9.99 per month. For like three months, that's going to take you through to the end of the year. And boy, howdy, if we got some big big movies coming out before this year is done like looking at the list it, what's your what's your kind of pick like if you are getting your cine world unlimited card now which i know you already do have but if you were to get another one a, a new one perhaps what movie do you think is like that's jumping off the screen to you that you want to you want to check out oh man like there are so many you've got like this this week, this month, you got Shang Chi, you got Venom next month, you've got Eternals, Spider Man No Way Home, June, mm -hmm. Matrix. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. There are so many good films to go and see. I feel like I've been rewatching them because obviously the new one's coming out. I've been rewatching the Matrix films. I think the Matrix will be my pick because that is that is a return to the seminal. That is a return to cinema for the seminal '90s franchise. Like, the, oh yeah. It's a big deal that The Matrix is coming back. And yeah, that, that initial trailer looks amazing. So I cannot wait to see what they do with that on the big screen and like what effects they kind of choose to go with. Because it's been quite kind of, they've played it close to their chest, I think, in terms of like how much like The Matrix is the new Matrix. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can pre-book tickets for some of the films that were featured in that little video clip there, including James Bond, No Time to Die. Did you see the announcement of its runtime as well? It's like, no, I didn't. It's, like two, it's like two and a half hours. That's, that feels oh. like there's plenty of time to die. Like I think they've been cramming, time. they've been putting more in it the more it's got. Like the more it's got <laughs> delayed, they've just been adding bits to the end. Like, uh, yeah. I can't believe it's actually coming out, Luke. I don't believe I know, it. Yeah, Just walking into the editing bay being like, you know what? I think we can put that scene in, really. You know, and I know, we, I know. I said two months ago that we weren't going to put it in, but I think we can actually just add it back in. But you're right; like we've been waiting on this for so, so long. Uh, I, I can't believe it's actually finally here, and uh, and we get to see it on the big screen, and so soon as well. Like it's the end of the end of this month, Laurie. It's not even like yeah. I'm to wait a little bit for it. It's like a, a week's time, basically. I am super excited for this. You can also pre-book tickets for The Many States of Newark, which uh, has got previews on Wednesday, the 22nd of September. And of course, the 20th anniversary screening of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone showing from the 29th to the 31st of October. Uh, what are your favorite moments from the, uh, the original Harry Potter film? 
how bad all the actors are. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's, uh, they, they get there, don't they? Bless them. They get there, oh, from, the I think from the original, I think, like, I don't have much love for the Harry Potter films overall, but I feel like the magic was there in the first one when you read the books and you were like, wow, I can't believe they're kind of turning this into a film. And I think the faithfulness of that recreation and seeing all the kind of wizarding world brought to life for the very first time is something that, like, I think that kind of magic of seeing it on the big screen will bring back mm. the magic, the magic the of Harry magic. Potter. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you can still pre-book your tickets for Oasis Live at Nebworth in 1996, which will be screened on the 23rd of September, and Cliff Richard, The Great 80s Tour, which, air, which will be screened on the 27th of October, 2021. The other thing we asked for on last week's podcast was um, people to leave subtitles for future installments of movies. Because we had Matrix Reloaded, Revelations, Resurrections. Resurrections is quite a bit of a popular one as well uh, in terms of like, you know, Alien Resurrection and things like that. So we wanted to find out what would be a pretty good um you know uh, subtitle for a future movie. Uh, Misha Sumra said Paw Patrol reanimated. Oh, I like that one. Mm. That's great. That's really, really good. Uh, Black Wind, on the subject of The Matrix, said, I expect some huge revelation twist very early in the movie, kind of like the first one. But I think the callbacks to the original trilogy in the trailer are misdirections. I won't even bother wasting time coming up with ideas and theory with this one. I'll just wait and watch because I have a strong gut feeling that we're being brutally deceived. We shall see. Mm, I like the, if the idea marketing is a swerve. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about this with like MCU movies as well, where they put like shots into trailers that aren't ever actually in the final movie just to kind of make you think you're going to get something. And it turns out you're getting something completely different. And I think within the matrix, like that totally makes sense to do. Uh, Stephen Logan said, uh, so excited that you guys are reviewing movies. Subscribed immediately. Thank you so much. You should all go and subscribe uh, to the channel. Um, and Victor Larosaurus uh, said, okay, here's my pitch for a serious philosophical action movie. We open up on a fake looking town. Cut to Barney Stinson. It was... Uh... <laughs> It was weird, wasn't it? Like, all of a sudden, you kind of just like, oh, look, there's Doogie Hauser. Doogie Hauser's in the <laughs> Matrix now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, interesting choices. It'd be, it'd be cool because there's a lot of, like, really interesting stuff in that trailer of, like, the blue and the red is the kind of theme, the, the different pills and all that stuff. And, like, Neil Patrick Harris's glasses are, like, blue. So he's clearly an agent of, like, hey, stay in the Matrix. And then everyone else is wearing red when they're like, hey, leave the Matrix. But we're probably seeing, but like like like's been said, I think we might be watching a lot of uh, swerve content that could or all stuff that's in the first ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because Adam did say that, like uh, Adam who works in our office said that he he thought it was like, oh, that's like the first movie. Oh, that's like the first movie. That's like the first movie. I do wonder if that is done by design to make you think, you know, to to give you a false sense of security. And actually, just going to have the rug completely pulled out from under you. Because, like you, like I rewatched The Matrix over the weekend, and like there is a lot of that. You think you know what's going on, but actually, whoop! There's the rug. Off we go into a different direction. 
Hey, Luke, and, and you know, the more the more it resembles the original Matrix, the more it's like deja vu. And what's deja vu but when they change the Matrix? It's a glitch. They've changed something. Very, very good point. Um, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Please go get your comments in on uh, this week's video, and we'll read those out in next week's podcast episode. Uh, give us a little rating and review wherever you're listening to this. We truly do appreciate all of you. Uh, tell your friends about this as well, because we're really excited about doing a podcast version of this in audio realm. I've been Luke Owen. I've been Laurie Blake. And that has been What's On. We'll see you next week. <laughs>